Welcome to the first episode of Bruin Success Presents, 10 Careers You've Never Heard Of. I'm your host, Christian Chavez, and over the next 10 episodes, I'll be talking with UCLA alumni who have successfully established themselves in under-the-radar roles and industries. Each interview will take us through their professional journeys, give us a peek into their fields, and offer us concrete tips for exploring similar careers. For our first interview, I'm excited to interview Sei Ishikawa, Director of Global Mobility at WeWork. Sei began his career in global mobility over 15 years ago. After graduating UCLA with a double major in political science and international development studies, he began his career as a U.S. immigration specialist at an immigration law firm in Los Angeles. While working at the firm, he developed a passion for HR, which led him to pursue an MBA in strategic human resources. He managed a full suite of people functions while working in wholesale in Los Angeles, then relocated to New York in 2014 to join the mobility group at Fast Retailing, a public Japanese retail holding company for brands such as Uniqlo and Theory. In 2016, he joined WeWork as Director of Global Mobility. During his first year, he created the global mobility policies and processes from scratch, aiding the company in its global expansion efforts. Welcome to the podcast, Say. How are you? How are you? Doing well. Thanks so much for joining the podcast today. To start, can you just tell us what you do for WeWork as Director for Global Mobility and People Operations? Um, I do a lot of stuff. And then uh, my um, responsibility definitely have shifted quite a bit as the company's um, mission has kind of shifted over the course of the last uh, a year or two. But uh, my main responsibility um, from global mobility perspective is to to manage our uh, relocation, immigrations, and taxation, uh, specifically from more movement of people perspective. So the global mobility program that the company offer consists of three main sort of um, pillars in, you know, like I said, immigrations, global uh, immigration, tax, and then um, relocation piece. So that that's kind of what I manage at WeWork. And then, then the half of the other half of what I do at WeWork is um it is it, the title is international people operations, but primarily I'm managing uh franchising operations uh from people perspective. So I do a uh, project management um dealing with different pieces of uh, within the people function, whether that's uh, compensation benefits uh, from time acquisitions. But um, I'm in charge of uh, separation process and integration pro- uh, process specifically from um, franchising sort of operation perspective. So in a nutshell, that's kind of what I do at WeWork. That's great. Thanks for taking us through all those areas you work in. I know you mentioned a lot has changed this past year. What does a typical day in the life look like for you right now? My day is um, a little bit crazy. So, you know, my day starts around 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning, checking Slack, uh, making sure that, because uh, in the US, the time zone perspective, it's kind of late in the game, right? So we do have offices in Pacific, Japan, and Singapore, and UK. So they are ahead of the time zone. So I'm kind of making sure that all those um, urgent 
questions are being answered. So that's kind of what I do first things in the morning. And then as I get on the train to, to go to the city, um, I, you know, I start going through the email, um, anything that can be answered right away. I typically go through, uh, those emails. I do get probably more than 200 emails or more a day. So, you know, it's critical that I, I go through each one of them really fast. Um, and then by the time I get to the office, like, you know, probably have 20 ish unread emails. Those are the ones that requires more attention, whether that's, you know, answering was more extensive data uh, or, you know, requiring more assessment and all that stuff. Uh, it, it's not something that I can just answer over the, you know, um, just commuting uh, from my home to, to the city. So, you know, I spend time just in an hour going through those emails. And then as soon as I get to the office, then, you know, simultaneously like a meeting starts, right? And then, um, yeah, I'm going in and out in the meetings, uh, just kind of, you know, going, uh, having a meeting with the, um, either within the people team, um, you know, whether that's the compensation team or, you know, that's with the 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 people team of um the people operations team um just kind of not a lot of meetings happens right away and then non-stop meeting all the way through the lunch time and and then you know as soon as i have lunch in 15 minutes or so and then going back to the meetings um i do have a team of six people. So I do spend quite a bit of time managing my team members as well, either through the one-on-one, just making sure that their, you know, their answers and questions or whatever they have are being answered. And then uh, at the same time, I always try to help them with, um, you know, their career growth and, you know, things that, you know, we need to work on to get to where they need to be uh, six months from now or 12 months from now. So I often help them with sort of like, a, not a training plan, but things that we need to work on together to, to help them get to where they, they want to go. So, uh, you know, it's while it's difficult to do um, some tactical stuff on the day to day, I, you know, I, I spend quite a bit of time also to to help um help them to grow in their in their position as well. Um, and then you know I typically stay in the office until 6 30 and then get on the train, go back home. So um I don't know if I answered your question, but it, it's really a lot of stuff is happening at the same time. But um yeah that definitely answers my question. It sounds like a really busy schedule. Given the global reach of your team at WeWork, can you describe some of the roles that you work with and the areas that they cover? Yeah. So, you know, their typical morning kind of start off like su- supporting um, the Pacific regions, Japan, Australia, and then the case management responding to the inquiries and this involves pushing sort of immigrations and relocation process forward in a collaboration with our vendors. 
um, while sort of managing the, this, this sort of expectation was the business to formulate strategies and assess potential cases. And then from there, you know, we get on the calls with employees who, you know, may have questions about their visa status and, you know, vendor who raise red flags, um, internal stakeholders to whom we are providing technical expertise. Uh, we're also tasked, to, tasked with the contributing to multiple project testing, any global mobility related, um, sort of we use HI system workday and system related um, sort of tests, drafting policies and communications. Um, and then, you know, my team is also kind of focusing on the partnering with the key business leaders in the regions to offer offering sort of consultations and solution to complex problems. Um, as you know, like right now, obviously there are a lot of trouble bans and restrictions. So my team basically manage the movement of people within within our WeWork group. So advising them to make sure that do we have a travel restrictions in this country? Are they able to travel to location A to B? If not, then what are the solutions that my team can come up with to help them to actually travel from location B to A to B? Or executive needs to travel to Germany to sign some documents. How can we make that happen? Is there any location for this individual to fly? And and get them visa necessary to to be able to do what this exact executive is supposed to be doing. And so stuff like that, you know, it's it, it has gotten so much more complex because of the obviously the pandemic that we had. Um, and last year was extremely challenging, primarily because of the you know the president's uh, proclamations that we had that definitely puts us you know a lot of. Um, put a lot of burdens on us in terms of coming up with solutions to make sure that we have a, you know, we're able to get our employees visa needed to be able to stay in this country and work for our company. So that's what my team does. Um, each one of them has a different roles, um, whether they are supporting the, you know, European regions or Pacific regions. Uh, some of them are supporting Latin American countries as well. But their day-to-day -day job is really consists of um, helping people with them, you know, getting a visa, immigration, relocations, and uh, tax implications um, related to the movement of to the different locations. Thanks so much for that answer. It's super interesting, and I can understand how much more challenging this past year may have made your day-to-day -day operations. Next, I want to ask you about your professional trajectory. Can you take us through your career beginning at UCLA? More specifically, can you tell us when you decided to pursue HR and global mobility? So at UCLA, I studied, uh, I did the double major, um, the International Development Studies. I don't know if you still have the major, but that's what I studied. IDS, and then the uh, second major was political science, uh, was in concentrations in uh, international relations. I studied Latin America and I think uh, East Asia as a concentration. So that's what I studied. Um, for my thesis, 
I did um, some sort of, it has, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it has, it had to do with some sort of movement of people and why people move. And so it had, it, it, I definitely talked about, you know, social impacts and why, like I study why people move for whatever reason they have to, to relocate to different locations. So interesting enough, so that, that's kind of what I, what, what I was interested in. And in the beginning, I, I wanted to work for, um, either NGO or United Nations or one of those international organizations, um, because that's kind of what I studied. And I thought, you know, what I studied was going to be helpful. Uh, but soon enough, I kind of realized that IDS itself wasn't good enough to get in, get me into, um, one of those organizations because what they're looking for is really specific knowledge. Uh, you need to be a subject matter expert for whatever it is that you're interested in. So you're not, they're not really interested in the people who just have international background, right? So. I was just kind of randomly looking at website and then I came across this uh, immigration law firm and they were looking for paralegal immigration specialist within the firm. Um, so I sent in my resume and then they just kind of happened to look for, you know, people there. And then uh, I went in for the interview and then I got a job. And then I spent at the farm for almost eight eight years uh, and then built really specialized knowledge in US immigration and how how that works um, in relations to the government agencies and state departments and how immigration paperwork were being processed and um, so forth. And then during this time, I also kind of developed this passion of working closely with human resources. Um, so I went to MBA program in Cal State Pomona um, and then focused in the strategic human resources. And then by the time I got out of the law firm, um, I started to kind of focus more on like HR, uh, specifically with the movement of people. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of what I focused on uh, throughout my career, and I think it, it it will continue to be something that has to do with the movement of people. And and then throughout my career, I then kind of start learning more about the relocations and um, you know tax implication. It's called tax mobility tax, but um, by helping people with filing a tax returns, and whenever you are in the, on, on an assignment to different country, you have an obligation to file tax returns in the country where you're working. So, you know, our team basically assists them with filing tax returns on behalf of our employees and working closely with um, Big Four to, to do so. Um, but yeah, this is not something that I, I had obviously like off the bat, but you know, throughout my career, I, I, you know, learned it and then kind of developed this passion of, you know, I, I do want to help people to move around and, you know, um, 
yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this, but it, that that's kind of how, um, kind of where I am right now. Yeah, it's always so great to hear alumni talk about how non-linear their careers are because that's often how our professional lives play out. There's a big misconception that you must find the perfect role right out of college to reach your goals. And so I really appreciate your story on how you got to where you are now. Do you have any recommendations for students and alumni who may be interested in this type of work? You know, I one of my advice that I have is um, definitely whatever the job you end up having, uh, I think one of the most important things that you need to develop is problem solving skills. Just because you are subject matter expert and then you have so much knowledge in, you know, in my case, like immigration or relocation or mobility taxes, that that's not gonna get you far. Uh, you really need to then come to the table with you know your suggestions and how you intend to help other people with the expertise that you have. So you know whatever again you end up choosing your career path, um, you always should think about you know how whatever the expertise or you know what whatever you have is gonna how is that gonna end up helping other people so consultative sort of approach on um approaching you know many issues i think that's that's one of the most important things that you always have to keep in mind and you know the second of all i think it's important for you to to know what you want to do, right? Because uh, in the beginning, probably you don't know, but you know, I think having a global mobility areas—it's—it's it's actually not that big, big sort of um, world, and everybody knows each other. So, uh, you know, don't burn the bridges because sometimes, like people that you kind of interact with, whether that's like our vendors or that's we, or, you know, people that you work with, uh, that's gonna the path, you know, will eventually cross again, and then that person may help you get a job. The way that I got my job is kind of funny. We work um, because uh, I've worked with this recruiter, uh, previous company. And he moved to WeWork first. And then uh, he one day he reached out to me because he knew I was, you know, I was good at what I do, but he did not know exactly what WeWork was needed, but job had to do with something international. So uh, we didn't have any job description. Nothing was kind of ironed out. But one day he reached out to me, hey, say, we have this opportunity at WeWork. It has to do with something international. But I can't, I don't have a job description, but they want to come in for an interview. And then I went in and um, I talked to my manager to be and chief people officer at the time. And, and then I, all I talked was really about the baseballs and some, something that has nothing to do with really what I do, but, you know, they wanted to see you know, if I can get along with, you know, with the teammates and, you know, 
Um, so by the end of the day, I had a job and, you know, and then in a couple of weeks, I started my job at rework. And so you never know who is going to get your job. So just uh, maintaining good relationship with whomever you, you work with, uh, or whether that's vendors or suppliers, uh, keep that relationship always great. And, you know, cause that, that's gonna help end up getting you a job or opportunity, um, in the future. Totally. There was so much great advice in that answer. And it's, it's such a great story about how you made your way to WeWork. It really underscores the importance and power of networking and maintaining those strong professional relationships throughout your career. We like to wrap up our interviews with a question on success and what that means to each person. For you, what does it mean to be successful at WeWork and in your field of global mobility and human resources? I think one of I, I think I have kind of talked about this, but um, you know, I think it's important for you to, I think first of all, first and foremost, I think you, you need to be comfortable with whatever you do, right? Um, you, you know, whether that's a process or policies or whatever might be, you need to be comfortable with what, what you are advising on. And uh, once you develop that competency, then from there, um, you know, you're going to be partnering with other people and you always want to come to the meeting with a solution. Um, there are a lot of people out, out there that talk about, you know, what they know. Um, but those are the facts and those are the statements, but that's not going to get anywhere. Um, so I, I, I believe in sort of, a, sort of positive problem solving. Um, mindset, because there, there are a lot of like lawyers that I, I work with, but then they tend to, to state whatever they know or statements, but you know, that, that's only going to get you like midpoint or whatever it might be in their career. But I think if, if don't, if you're not a problem solver or, a, you know, solution partner, um, it's, it's really, no, you're not going to be successful in your career. So, uh, one of the things that I always kind of advise to my team is, is, is to develop this, um, skill sets to always come to the table or come to the meetings with, um, you know, your suggestions. And I always ask them why, why they think the way, like, I always ask them why you think the way they do, or um, if they can't solve the problem, I always ask them, well, how, what do you think what you need to do to, to actually solve the problem? So um, I think that's that's one of the most important things uh, to be successful in, in your role. And, you know, I think that's whether that's for the global mobility or any other any other job. I think um, that's that's definitely important. Um, if anyone's interested in global mobility or international people operations, 
um, really like there are so many ways to get to this area of um, expertise, whether you're working at, you know, immigration law firm and then the moving on to HR functions within a corporate, you can do that. Or, you know, you can work at big four um, and then starting from associate, senior associate, learning about um, how to file tax returns. And you can move from there to corporate functions uh, within a people team if you want to develop more mobility tax expertise. I've seen um, some scenarios in which people working at relocation management companies um, learning, well, closely working with the HR professionals from the vendor perspective and then moving on to, uh, you know, HR functions within a company. So we, you can do that as well. Um, there is a small group of people who may move up within the people team, but a lot of times, if you really want to move up the ladders within the global mobility, a lot of people um, are from the vendor size, bringing the expertise to corporate. And that's the most typical moves that I've seen and then I recommend to do so because there's only so much you can develop the knowledge just based off of working within a people team. So that that'll be another advice that was, you know, another another sort of um, advice that I have for you to be in successful in, in this career path. Thanks so much, Say. Such great advice and so relevant to so many different careers. Really appreciate your insight there. This wraps up the interview. So just want to say thank you one more time. It was super interesting learning about what you do for WeWork. We're really excited to share your story with the UCLA community. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Sei Ishikawa, Director of Global Mobility at WeWork. You can learn more about Sei in the description of the podcast. Follow UCLA Alumni Career Engagement on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, and share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time with another inspiring Bruin. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.